Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 1 John 5, verse 1. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. Canaan Bound Podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, along with church history, mission news, and music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. I'm Tom Barthel, serving as pastor at Christ Lutheran, a Wells congregation in Baxter, Minnesota. This is episode number 92. We'll begin with God's Word for You, shared by Pastor Timothy Smith. God's Word for You, Job 31, verses 1 to 8. In this chapter, Job produces what we would call his closing arguments. In ancient legal cases, it was common for the accused to swear his innocence to God in this way. If I have done, I'll I'll say X, then let Y happen to me. Job doesn't seem to list his accusations in any particular order, but he presents them as he thinks of them. Random order or not, there are 10 specific sins, which does suggest a complete list. There are two interludes and a final calling down of that of the curse, but there is lust, falsehood, covetousness in the ninth commandment sense of coveting, adultery, there's an interlude about sin, then there's denying justice, not helping the poor, idolatry, specifically toward gold in this case, rejoicing over an enemy's misfortune, There's inhospitality, covering up a sin, and then there's a cry for help and justice, and finally the curse is called down, and that's the outline of this chapter. Verses 1 to 4. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman, for what is our lot from God above, our heritage from the Almighty on high? Is it not ruin for the wicked, disaster for those who do wrong? Does he not see my ways and count my every step? Twice in this chapter, Job denies that he has committed any sexual sins. Later in verses 9 and 10, he'll address adultery. Here he begins with lust. This is a sin that too many people today deny altogether. Our culture is not the first one to be lied to by pornographers and fashion designers. And like its close coven, coveting, like its close cousin, rather, coveting, lust builds a nest for other sins and invites them all in. Job's understanding of the wrongness of lust matches Jesus' words exactly, who said in in Matthew 5, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Luther said, when a man leers at a woman or cracks shady jokes or even thinks about her lustfully, this is an adultery of the eyes or the ears or the mouth, and above all, an adultery of the heart. Ancient Christian monks in monasteries, or even in caves, thought they could get closer to God and avoid lust by avoiding women altogether. But that wasn't what God intended for men and women. There are cultures today that insist that that women be covered in so much fabric that her own father would not be able to pick pick out his daughter from a pair of girls, let alone from a group. But that's making a rule where God makes none. He wants men and women to be able to work together and live on the same street or floor of a building and not be threatened by the devil of lust. We do this first of all and last of all by loving God most of all, by repenting of our sins and by respecting God's gift of marriage and its pleasures within marriage. Let's go on with Job here, verses 5 to 8. If I have walked with falsehood, 
or my foot has hurried after deceit. If God, then let God weigh me in honest scales, and he will know that I am blameless. If my steps have turned from the path, if my heart has been led by my eyes, or if my hands have been defiled, then may others eat what I have sown, and may my crops be uprooted. Job ties deceit and coveting together in a tight little knot that isn't easy for us to untangle, and it's probably best to take them together anyway. Deceiving someone is often a result of coveting after something that they have. Job associates coveting with crops and the product of the land, which is part of our understanding of the ninth commandment. Coveting our neighbor's house can be anything from being jealous about the contents of a will to plotting to get at a piece of land that isn't for sale. Job wants justice from God, and he asks for honest scales. We've talked about this measuring before in Job. When God judged the Babylonians, he wrote the words, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Uparsin, which Daniel explained this way in Daniel 5. Mene means God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, which is like the word shekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. And Parson, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. We keep on repenting of our sins. We keep on turning back to God. We keep asking his forgiveness. And we know that his forgiveness is ours through the blood of Jesus. There is nothing we bring to the throne of God for our own salvation. Jesus has done it all for us. All of our falsehood, our deceit, our lust, our covetousness, every one of our sins is paid for and forgiven. Through Jesus, we are given peace of mind, peace in our hearts, and peace in our souls. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's Word for you. Up next, a song by Branches Band.
Our segment on 1 Peter is shared by Pastor Mark Falk. 1 Peter 1 verses 3 to 5 An inheritance that cannot perish, spoil, or fade. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. NIV 1984 I loved my Datsun 1600. It was red, it was a convertible, it went fast. I picked up my wife for our first date in this car looking very suave, or so I imagined. But after the honeymoon, the exhaust manifold was cracked and it was ready to throw a rod. We traded it in for a yellow Dodge Dart. Top banana yellow it was, but not nearly so jaunty as the Datsun. Then there was my foray into old cars, a used Mercedes. Happy when I bought it, ecstatic when I unloaded it. A car is just wheels to me now. Does it go straight down the road? Is it safe? Can I trust it to get me to Milwaukee or Shenandoah? Will it leave my wallet alone or suck the cash out of it like an old Hoover? Cars get old. They rust. They die. And so does much of the stuff that we invest our time and our lives into. It all disappears. Sometimes suddenly. And sometimes it just rots or rusts or fades away. Stuff. How disappointed it is when a shiny car loses its shine. When the house we fell in love with becomes the house we must paint and repair and whatever else. Compare all the things of this life, all of them, to the promises that Peter makes. By the Holy Spirit he comforts people who, we will later find out, have been suffering persecution. Perhaps some of them have had their possessions confiscated because they were Christians. Even if that does not happen to us, at some point we will have to leave behind the house we love. Perhaps we will move into a small apartment. Maybe we will end our lives in a nursing home sharing a room with a stranger. All that will remain is pictures of the past. We may smile at the memories or bemoan the fact that this life is so often about loss. Except that for the Christian it really isn't. We are on an extended journey in enemy territory. It is our Father's world, but it is currently controlled for the most part by his enemies. At least this is the world we see. But we are headed for an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, for us. We have been marked for this inheritance by our new birth. This birth is God's work in baptism. It begins in us a connection to Jesus by faith. It brings to our hearts a living hope. This hope is under constant attack by the sinful world that cannot see it, by the Lord of this world who hates it and us, and by our own sinful nature that wants this world to be our heaven. Peter's readers were under open attack. His readers had enemies who did not hide their hatred of the name Jesus. Our enemies are sometimes, but not always, more subtle. The attacks are just as real. What shields us? What guards our inheritance from those who want to steal it? It is the faith that God works through his word. And that word is working in us right now as we breathe in this great promise, purchased with holy blood, this promise of an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven 
for you. Born again. Everyone who believes Jesus is the Christ. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That's 1 John 5, verse 1. Could you imagine if your parents made you work for your keep? Who could ever work enough to pay back parents or caretakers for all the good things you've received from birth? An infant never earns its keep by doing work. All children must trust their parents and receive the free gifts of love and care. It's impossible to earn your place in the household of a holy God. Spiritually, we can do nothing to earn our keep or become members of His family. To say that we can earn our keep with God is even more foolish than saying an infant can earn its keep in a family. Our only hope is the mercy and the love of our God. By His great love, our membership in God's family is not earned or worked out by us. It is a new birth that comes freely through faith to everyone who believes. And it therefore is freely offered to all apart from works. Faith, however, is not just empty belief in Jesus. A Christian is rightly called Christian because all who are born again believe Jesus is the Christ. Christian faith means trusting in Jesus as God's chosen one. He is the chosen Son of God, the only one, the appointed and anointed Savior of this world, our Savior from sin, death, and hell. Because if we've earned anything, that's all that we've earned, is God's wrath and anger. But through Jesus, and through faith in him, Jesus is the one who now has brought us to belong to God. You rightly bear the name Christian. For Christ's sake, you now have eternal life. Lord, I know that I could never rightly be born into your family, never earn my keep. I have only earned death. Let me always trust the work of your Son Jesus as the Christ, your anointed, your chosen one. Thank you for sending the Christ to bring me into your household. Let me proudly bear his name and believe that scripture. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Today we'll finish with a song by Koine. Snow, his eyes as flame 
Or hailsed he to meek and lowly Mary Most highly favored maiden You have been listening to Canaan Podcast, episode number 92. This episode was first shared in December of 2014. For more information, visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com. Thanks to the artist who allowed us to share their music in this episode, both Branches Band and Koine. We encourage you to visit 
a Wells ministry location nearest you. Visit wells.net. Thanks for joining us.